Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the Metro, and pound 840 for Verizon Wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western Skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. To all of you women out there that have raised, born, and nurtured children throughout your life, we appreciate you. This is your day, and I hope everyone had fond thoughts and or deeds that they did for their mothers today. We'll talk a little bit more about that throughout the program tonight, but I want to start off with a couple of things that are on the top of my mind, probably up near the top on yours as well. I just got back from a fantastic fishing trip to Kentucky Lake. As usual, I stayed at Fin and Feather Lodge there in Aurora, Kentucky. Uh, Frank and Don Weaver are very good friends of mine and do a great job of keeping me abreast of what's going on down there, which incidentally, they're a great source for you as well, and it's a beautiful place to stay. They cater to hunters and fishermen, and Frank does a great job of keeping tabs of what the fish are doing so he can give you tips about when to come, how long to stay, what the lake looks like, things of that nature. At any rate, uh, the news is the big uh, shell crackers are up, the bluegill are spawning, the big rush of activity is going to occur this week and next, this coming week and next, that is, 
especially as it pertains to the bluegill and or shellcrackers because we're approaching the full moon. So I'm certain I'm going to be back down there again very shortly. I, I love catching catfish at Kentucky Lake and Lake Barkley. They're two of the best channel catfish lakes and or blue catfish lakes in the United States. Uh, I travel a lot, as most of you know, and I love to eat catfish. I love the way they fight. In my estimation, they're game fish because they do offer a tremendous battle on the end of your line, and they're delicious to eat. So I will be taking advantage of that. Bass fishing is really good right now as well. Uh, fish are up, spawning. Some of them are in post-spawn, but in most places they're still spawning and are in shallow water. So this is a great, great time of year for fishing in shallow water environments. You can catch them on a variety of baits, buzz baits. First hour or so of the day are a tremendous offering on shallow flats, around logs, stumps, laydowns, flooded treetops, things of that nature. Uh, till the sun comes up, that's one of my favorite ways to cover a lot of territory and catch fish. Uh, it's top water time as well. Uh, Zara spooks, chug bugs, pop bars, uh, twitch baits like rapalas, everything like that is working right now, and it's a great time to to fish on top if you enjoy that. I'm one of those folks that truly means it when I say I'd rather catch one on top than five down below. I just love watching that visual impact of a bass's strike, and this is the time of year when it's really at its apex and you're able to, to capitalize on it. So I did want to pass that along to you as well. There's uh, all kind of other fish activity. A lot of guys are still catching crappie. I was surprised how many folks were bringing in Nice bunches of crappie when I was down there. They're still shallow. Uh, a lot of the black crappie seem to be engaged in a secondary spawning effort. Whites are still up too, but uh, the black crappie seem to have been the predominant species that I saw when I was there. I didn't fish for them, but I did talk to and observe a lot of folks that were catching them. So that was... Uh, a very refreshing thing, actually. I think a lot of that's due to the inclement weather we had during the peak of the spawn. As you folks know, the lakes were real high, muddy. Uh, water was fluctuating wildly, and the fish tended to back off and hold their eggs and wait for the conditions to settle down. And now that they appear to have done so, there's a lot of fish returning to shallow water and engaging in, in that activity. So if you're a crappie fisherman, it's definitely not over yet. And I've heard that from folks all around the region. It's not just in western Kentucky. It, other lakes, Barron, Rough River, uh, the lakes over in eastern Kentucky, all of them still have crappie up in shallow water. So if you're a crappie fisherman, it's still going on. It's still game on, as I like to say. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about wildlife because there's a lot of things popping right now uh, that are important to think about. General observations, geese, a lot of the geese have already got their little goslings out. 
uh, and they'll be crossing roads and doing crazy things that geese do here over the next couple of weeks. So watch out for them. Uh, try to let them cross if they're foolish enough to bring their babies out into traffic. And uh, it's, it's fun to watch them. Uh, wood ducks are starting to have their babies emerge too. Uh, I've seen several woodies with some young already. So that's starting in a big way. Rabbits, of course, have uh, been nesting earlier and continue to do so. There's a lot of baby rabbits starting to show up. Squirrels have had a fantastic reproductive effort in all the areas that I've checked. I saw tons of little bitty squirrels that were about one and a half to two times the size of a chipmunk uh, when I was down in Western Kentucky, I had my squirrel dog in the boat with me and got in a little cove where I was catching bluegill, and there was two young gray squirrels feeding on the buds of a small tree, and she about lost her mind barking at them. <laughs> I tried to explain to her I didn't have a gun, and the season wasn't open, but she she wasn't buying what I was selling, so I just had to uh, encourage her to go ahead and bark and feel good about what she was doing, but that was a little fun episode actually um two of the biggest things i want to mention and i'd like you to be thinking about is the emergence of fawns fawns are dropping like crazy right now uh they have been for about a week and that's going to escalate and reach a crescendo on the approach of this full moon uh this week and next week there's just going to be lots and lots of baby deer hitting the ground, and because of that, you need to be very patient if you can afford to about mowing any of your food plots and or uh, hay fields. I know you farmers got to go when you got to go, but I would encourage you to maybe take your time, move slow, try to scan the field for evidence of a uh, doe, that's either nearby watching over the fawns. If you see a doe around a hay field or a food plot and she's hanging around there, you can pretty well bet there's babies there. And they're very, very vulnerable, obviously, to uh, bush hogs and mowing machines. So it's a pretty ugly scenario. I've been through it a couple times, and it's not something you like to see whatsoever. So I'd encourage you to think about that and be judicious about when you can mow, if you can hold off till about the middle of June, that's usually when we're past most of that period when the little ones are still sequestered in those type of areas and they're starting to follow mama around by mid to late June. So while they're very, very young and she's still sequestering them in hidey holes out in fields like that, it's important to be apprised that they're there. The same is true of turkeys. Uh, turkeys are either A, nesting, or B, already have some poults. The early breeders, uh, no doubt, are, their poults are out and about, and they're very, very common in these same type of fields. Again, if you see a hen in that area, uh, they're very quiet this time of year when they are nesting and are brooding their baby turkeys, so they're poults, so take care of that and and be very, very careful 
not to destroy their nest or, or young as well. Uh, great blue herons have their young hatching out. Uh, buddy of mine observed a rookery on a creek the other day. This is the period when those great blue herons have communal nesting sites, and uh, it's pretty neat to observe. They'll have anywhere from a dozen to 50 or more nests in one single area, uh, and there's a lot of racket around those rookeries. It's it's a fun thing to observe. So I did want to pass those notes along and, again, encourage you to be careful about Adult deer around the roadways where they're traveling back and forth to feed and, and take care of their young and are moving to areas where they're going to have their fawns or drop their fawns and just be on the watch. Another wildlife note that I do want to pass along because I think it's extremely important is this is the time from here forward when deer really need minerals. Uh, the bucks obviously are in antler growth now. They need that supplemental mineral to help boost their antler growth. But it's the does that are nursing fawns that need that the most. The amount of milk they have to produce to feed their babies really draws their bodies down. And mineral salts help them digest their foods better. And also as a supplement that keeps them in good condition going through this period when they're nursing their young. So a lot of folks, unfortunately, equate the late summer and early fall as the period when they put out mineral, but it's much more important if you're trying to manage your property and or see that all kind of critters benefit from it, squirrels, groundhogs, rabbits. You wouldn't believe how many critters come to those sites, doves, peck around on it. Um, it's an important supplement to have out there. Now's the time. So give that some thought as well. All right, folks, we're going to go to break here. Coming back from break, I want to talk to you about my mother, what she meant to me growing up as a youngster that helped me become the outdoor person that I am. And I want to hear from you about ways your mother helped you hunt, fish, learn how to cook game, or just generally took good care of you and enabled you to enjoy a good life. We all hopefully uh, can have those fond memories, and I'd like you to share them with me as well as I will share mine with you. Got to go to break here. The numbers to call to talk about your mother are 571-8484 or one 800 444-8484. The break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Go see them. They got all kind of used boats for sale. Lots of new boats that they're dealing on right now. And remember, you never get soaked at SMI Marine. And happy Mother's Day from Jim Strader as well. Again, hope you all have had a, a great Visit with your mother, or at least thoughts about her if she is passed, as my mother has. My mother passed in 2009, and um, obviously I think about her all the time. I did want to share some brief stories with you folks about my mother, because she did everything she could to 
helped me develop and learn about nature. My love of nature, I think, comes very naturally in that my mother hunted and fished. She was uh, her maiden name was Huber. She was one of the Hubers from southern Indiana, and that family hunted fishes. Uh, both of her brothers fished, hunted when they were young. Her father, my grandfather, Nace Huber, liked to hunt rabbits and quail. And her cousins, John Huber, Gerald, all those fellas uh, loved to hunt and fish. And Carl as well. As a matter of fact, Thanksgiving time was a big rabbit hunt in the Huber family for many, many years. And so I grew up around that on my father's side. Of course, he was a very serious fisherman and hunted all kind of things. But it was my mother that had the biggest influence. I was uh, came from a divorced situation, so my mother was really the primary influence in my life. And some good examples, I wanted to learn to duck hunt when I was about 12 years old, 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. And a gentleman that hunted doves with us when my mom would go dove hunting, take me dove hunting with her, named Ralph Day, and Ralph shot doves with us almost every time we shot uh, birds during that period. And he invited me to duck hunt with him. And uh, we went to Western Kentucky, and I got my first flavor of that. And that was an unbelievably exciting thing for me. And it created my desire to, to learn to duck hunt. And my mother would get up 4 o'clock in the morning drive me out to various places where I hunted back then on the Ohio River and on farms that were adjacent to the river and let me out and then come get me around lunchtime or later in the day. And she'd always feed me before I left and was always there on time when it was time to, to leave and and uh, helped me learn how to cook duck and, of course, rabbits. Um I loved to rabbit hunt. We had a maid when I was a youngster whose husband loved to hunt rabbits. He had beagles. And uh, Bobby would take me rabbit hunt with his son, young Bob, and we'd enjoy great episodes there. And we'd come home and clean the rabbits. Of course, Mother would uh, cook them for us. She loved to fry rabbit, loved the taste of fried rabbit, which, again, is something that encouraged me to get involved in that. I started at, during that period to have uh, beagles and, and beagle mixes and then progressed into quail hunting. And that was about the time that I was able to start driving myself. But mother was still really good about taking me to places where I could learn to hunt. One of my first quail hunts was on the Huber property over in Southern Indiana and she uh, drove me up there and turned me loose with the bird dog. She was very, very generous, I guess is the best way to say it, with her time. But she also was very trusting of me being able to do these things on my own. A lot of my hunting and fishing back in that period was done by myself. So uh, she was keen to let me do that and didn't have any problem turning me loose. So those are just some Good example. She loved to frog gig. Used to go frog gigging with me, <laughs> and 
fried frog legs were something she was really, really keen on. And uh, it was a hoot having your mother in the boat or wading the banks of ponds with you. But she was she was right there after it. She was very an athletic woman and and was very adept at uh, stabbing those frogs with a gig. So I was very fortunate in that regard. Would love to hear from you about your mother. The numbers five seven one eighty four eighty four or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. This break is presented by Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Art Realty. Paul will be glad to help you list your property, and he's got a ton of outdoor properties for sale. Check them out, mophartrealty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we'd like to talk to you tonight about your mother and her influence on you. A whole lot of you out there were taught to cook game and learn about the outdoors from your mother, a lot of Women in that era that I grew up in actually participated a lot, and we're seeing a huge resurgence in female participation in the outdoor sports right now as we speak. Women are the fastest-growing segment of the hunting and fishing ranks, and that is a very good thing because it's the perfect sport for that. Let's go to Ed, who's been on hold here. Ed, hey, Ed, thank you for calling yeah, um, what I'm calling about, uh, when you first started, you was talking about where you was um, staying down at Kentucky Lake down there. Yes, sir. We we got some of it, but we didn't get all of it. And we just want to know if you'd tell us again where you were staying stuff down there. Sure, be glad to. It's Finn and Feather Lodge. It's F-I-N and then the word N with an apostrophe, Feather Lodge there in Aurora, Kentucky. And uh, Frank Weaver is the owner there. Uh, it used to be owned by Harold Knight's brother, Butch. And I've been uh-huh. staying there for, gosh, 50 years, I guess, yeah. uh, at least that long. And uh, Frank has continued the tradition of catering to fishermen and hunters. They do uh, a lot of squirrel hunters come down there to hunt LBL in the winter. Of course, deer hunters pile in there during that period when they're hunting at uh, LBL and the surrounding areas. But the important thing is they love having outdoor folks there and they can keep you abreast of conditions and whatnot. So it's right there. You turn right off 6880 after you cross the uh, bridge on Kentucky Lake and it's about a mile up the road there. So it's convenient to Barkley or Kentucky. So they're good people okay. and, uh, they treat you right. So it's it's pretty. Uh, so down around Blood River, it's Blood River is a pretty good distance away from it, then, isn't it? Uh, yes, if you were to run by boat, it'd be a, a good distance. And uh, oh yeah, but there's a whole lot of water both ways, is what I like about it. Yeah, and uh, I don't mind those long runs. I'm used to them, but you can also trail and put in at a lot of ramps up and down the lake. I, I'm big on using my truck to get there quick and dropping in and fishing one area and then pulling out and leapfrogging back to the other. So that's yeah. uh, something you can take advantage of. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we was wondering about. We heard, and uh, we always go down there to Ivan, uh, Irvin Cobb down there on Blood River. Yes, sir. But we're, trying, we're trying to find something a little closer back up this way. 
I see. You're going all the way down. Well, I think you'll be very satisfied. Just uh, again, it's Frank Weaver and Fin and Feather Lodge. They've, you can look them up on Facebook. They've got uh, you know a good Facebook page to kind of give you a feel for it. They got cabins and regular rooms, so it's whatever suits you. They've got one very large uh, cabin that can accommodate up to eight or ten people, and you know they got stoves you can cook in the cabins and, and rooms like that. So. There's a lot of amenities there. They've got a great fish cleaning station, and uh, they just cater to outdoor folks, and that's what I like, kid. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. That's for sure. All right, sir. uh, Well, listen, thank you very much. Hey, I appreciate it. Are you getting ready to go down there anytime soon? Uh, We're hoping to go down there in the next couple weeks, uh, but um, we're not really for sure yet, but uh, we're going to try. Well, the reason I'm asking, it's it's really, really good right now and will be for the next several weeks. I mean, it's, you know, shallow water time, and that's when yeah. folks like this can really do the business. So, Yeah, it's it's nice down there. Yes, sir. It's, About anywhere you go down there is nice to fish. That's a fact. That's a fact. All <laughs> right, Ed, I hope that helped you out. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Let's go to Jack. Uh, yes, Jack, you're up. Jim, long-time listener, love your show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. I, your mother passed away in 2009. I did, too. Uh, I was raised on a 100-acre farm, and my mother teached me how to do a lot. And uh, frog hunt, I didn't have a gig. I had a tobacco stick. (laughs) A whacker stick. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, but. Frog legs was good, and she teach me and my brother how to do all that and stuff. But cutting the chickens' heads off was a little hard for me. I was only five, but I managed to get it. But it wasn't easy. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you mention that because my grandmother Huber Bertha, uh, yeah, at a tender age, assigned me to catch the chickens. And cut their heads off, and it was quite a, quite an experience, as you know, watching them run around without a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I think I missed him three or four times, and I held him too long. And <laughs> but I, I like, like I say, I, I love your show, and everybody that's got a mother out there, if you haven't seen her, call her if you're too far away, or go see her. Okay, absolutely. Absolutely. Because nobody can replace your mother, okay? No, that's a that's a fact. I know. All right. Well, I'm going to get off here and listen to everybody else. I love your show. Thank, Thank you, Jack. I really appreciate you calling. Let's go to uh, Wes, who's calling about Kentucky Lake. Yes, Wes, you're up. How you doing, Jim? Hey. I recognize hey. that voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is my buddy, Wes Thomas. How are you, bud? Not too bad, Jim. Uh, on my way home from a three-day stint down at Kentucky Lake, and I was listening to your show and just thought I'd call, let some of your listeners know what I found out about Kentucky and Barkley Lake for three days. And Fantastic. Uh, Lay it uh, on us. Well, uh, Friday when I got there, the water came up a little bit. It was around 360, maybe 360 and a quarter or something like that. So there was uh, 
some water still in the bushes, and uh, I've caught quite a few fish flipping bushes, but not the ones in the backs of the pockets. It had to be on the on the sides of the pocket where there's just a little bit more water, and I think that most of the fish had, had vacated back in the backs of those places. Back in the backs, it would be maybe two and a half feet deep at the at the most, and then flipping over into a little bit shallower than that. On the sides of the pockets, you could get in four foot of water, flipping into two and a half and three and a half. Right. And it, and it made a big difference as far as the size and the quantity of the fish. They were on the sides more. Uh, just about practically every fish that I caught, I caught some up to like four and a half pounds. They were all post-spawn type fish. Uh, I caught no fish that was setting up to go on the bed or on the bed at all. Everything was a post-spawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did uh, most of my damage was on on Barkley because I think the bushes on the north end of Barkley are better than they are on the north end of Kentucky Lake. And so, and there's a lot more of them. So that's where I stayed. Uh, I did uh, encounter several people, uh, uh, bluegill and, and red ear fishing, and they were doing pretty good. And they were, seemed to be pretty good size. Yep. And they were in the, Oh, the little sidelines in pockets and stuff where the might be a little depth change and maybe out in front of a little flat or something is where I saw most of them fishing, and I'm sure they were, you know, in their bedding. Right. But uh, that was going on pretty good. Uh, we did have a, a tournament amongst a bunch of the guys I was down there with and on Saturday and Sunday, and uh, for us, the uh, guy in our club uh, – Won the first day with uh, about 16 pounds. Kelly Boldry was his name. And today, a, a guy won that uh, only caught one yesterday. And today, he caught uh, almost 17 pounds. And his name was Robert Cooper. And uh, Cooper's partner had a, a 5.43 smallmouth today, which is pretty good-sized smallmouth at Kentucky Lake. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Wes, I want to ask you, did any of your guys catch smallmouth at Barkley? Because they seem to be becoming a lot more prevalent over there than they've been in the past. Did, did you all run into any smallmouth? Uh, I caught a, about a 16-inch keeper out of Barkley today and a couple like 12 inches yesterday. Mm-hmm. But they they weren't, they weren't really where I was thinking about catching a smallmouth. Uh, they were... They were up where I was trying to catch a largemouth that just happened to be a smallie, you know. So, right. Well, uh, you know, I guess they just out roaming or something. But I think the largemouth, uh, the difference from day to Friday, from today to Friday, was evident to me that they were wanting to get out of those bushes a little bit more and come out to uh, like a first break or something and and something that they could hold on just off the bank a little bit, like they, until they could get. Uh, maybe a little feeding going on or maybe they're guarding their fry or something. But I, I would think those ledges would be coming into pretty strong play before very long down there. Yeah, I think there'll be a big transition on that over the next two weeks. Right. Did, uh, right. Wes, what right. were your all's best uh, baits? What was hot for you? Uh, I think, well, it was kind of a variety of baits. The guy that won yesterday had a wobble head with a swim bait on it, 
and uh, he was dragging it along in about, oh, 12 foot of water on a hard bottom and just kind of dragging along the bottom, and they were just scarfing it up. He had, uh, I think he said he caught eight keepers yesterday doing that. Uh, I primarily threw a wacky Cinco and a uh, structure bug flipping into the brush and a jig some. Uh, there was some guys that caught a few good ones on chatterbaits, a few good ones on crankbaits. It's kind of a wide variety, but if you were around the bushes or in the bushes, you definitely was flipping whatever your choice of plastics would be or whatever. Right. And some of them tried deep cranking and really didn't catch much. And, but overall, I didn't think we did. I didn't think we would catch as many as we did catch. But uh, overall, it wasn't bad. And there was a some kind of a Kentucky high school tournament there Friday and Saturday. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it took 32 pounds to win that for two days. Gee whiz. There was like, there was almost, there was 80 some boats of high school kids out there in, a, in their tournament. So each one of them had an adult observer with them and stuff, but uh, they looked like they was having a big time. I know that. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I, I deeply appreciate the report and uh, got to get you here in the studio with me here in the next. Okay. couple of weeks we'll do a bass fishing special as we usually do this time of year so i will right, be in touch problem, all, right. all right take care enjoying your show thank you wes i you appreciate know, it we've got to go to a quick break joanne you'll be up next mike uh we'll have you right after joanne we got to do a break here break is presented by smi marine remember you never get soaked by my friends at smi and we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors again. Want to talk to you about your mom on this Mother's Day, how she helped you enjoy the outdoors, or just did her best to help you enjoy a good and prosperous life. Numbers, of course, 571 8484 or 1 800 444 8484. Joanne, uh, we dropped you out some way or another. If you can call back, I'll be glad to chat with you. I'm sorry we. Missed you there, but let's go to Mike, who's been holding. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good this afternoon, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. Thank you. Hi, I was was listening to you tell your story about your mother. Very so close and so true to what the way I grew up, because I lost my father when I was 10 years old. And up until that point, we'd always rabbit hunt, deer hunt. And after losing my father, uh, my mother took me under her wing and I always made sure that I was in the field hunting, fishing. Or whatever, and like you said, your mother would take you and drop you off. My mom would do the same. She would take me and drop me off at a deer stand and come back and pick me up or fishing or whatever it was. She always made sure I was in the outdoors and enjoying it. And a lot of times she was with me. Well, that's that's a fantastic parallel, Mike. I know my mother realized that as boisterous as I was, and uh, I was real bad about ADD in school, I my mind and my eyes were always out the window. You know, I wasn't much on watching the chalkboard, if you know what I mean. And uh, Same way here. Yeah, and uh, she realized that that was the drive in my life and that it kept me out of trouble. So she was very keen to, to take me, and I was fortunate enough to live uh, in a place where all I had to do was walk across the street, and I was on – farmland that had a lot of doves and rabbits and uh not many quail but uh my wing shooting 
opportunities for doves were just unbelievable. And uh, yep. wood ducks used the creek back there. I learned to, you know, shoot wood ducks there, and, and of course, fish the creek all the time. And and uh, mother, mother and I came to a kind of an agreement. Uh, I'd say, mother, I'm going to the creek. She said, okay, your dinner will be waiting when you get home. I'm not going to fuss at you because I know you're not going to be home till dark thirty. So <laughs> she. She always that just put, exactly what you're saying. you know, she put that plate yeah, aside, was, and, and uh, she used to say, "If you don't mind eating it cold, it suits me, young man." So there you go. I, I agree with you there, yeah. Because I was fortunate enough to grow up on a farm and uh, out the back door and in the woods or uh, in the field or whatever. I mean, it was you know rabbit hunting, and squirrel hunting was already right there. And like I said, somebody always had a, a field to go shoot doves in or creek behind the house fish and. So, yes, I kind of grew up in a similar situation. So, well, and I thank my mother very much for the influence that she had on me as I was growing up. And I was fortunate enough this morning to be able to call my mother. She's 89 years young, and uh, and I was fortunate enough to be able to call her this morning and wish her a uh, happy Mother's Day. Fantastic. Well, that is that is great. Did she grow up in a hunting and fishing environment herself, Mike? Uh, yes, her, her. Yes, she did. She grew up with a bunch of sisters and brothers and uh, her dad and they all hunted and fished and, uh, you know, so she grew up in that environment and, and my father was grew up in that environment and they actually, uh, you know, they, we had houseboats when I was a kid growing up on Center Hill Lake and that's where I spent many of my summer was on that lake. Oh man, that had to be fantastic. I want to well, share it. We, Go ahead. We had a homemade houseboat. Jim was made out of, uh, uh it was just, uh, Four walls, bunk beds, and an old uh, gas burning stove, and uh, uh, most of the time coolers. And that was that's what we had. It was on uh, fifty-five gallon drum drums, is what it said on. I'll be darned. Well, it got the job done. That was the important part. <laughs> hey, that's all that mattered. As long as we had a place to go and, and spend the weekend, I remember Dad had a little John boat. And that's we had a big time. You know, I hearing you reminisce about that brings back so many memories for me and. I guess what that brings me to is how it's unfortunate that these youngsters today, a lot of them don't have those opportunities. You know, it's it's becoming harder and harder to find places to hunt and fish, unfortunately. And those of us who grew up that way, it kind of sets a course for your whole life, I think. It's, uh, you know, it teaches you a lot of good things about life in general, or hunting and fishing obviously teach you patience and they teach you stick is what I call it, or, or fortitude where you stay with it till you figure it out and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And it's a, it's an excellent thing. Mike, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us, partner. Well, you're more than welcome, Jim. And I really, really appreciate your show. Yes, sir. All right, folks got to go to break here. The numbers call us 571-8484-1800. 444-8484. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. All kinds of outdoor properties for sale. And I'd be glad to list your farm or outdoor property as well. Check them out at mophartrealty.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.